Our doctor is in, and so are the doctors of Capital Health. Welcome to the all-new Health 411. Every Sunday morning at 10, Dr. Jonathan Karp, along with our respected panel of guests from Capital Health, take you on an important medical journey to help you navigate your health and the healthcare system. To reach your destination, good health. Health 411 is underwritten by Capital Health. Minds advancing medicine. Capital Health is the region's leader in providing progressive quality patient care with exceptional physicians, nurses, and staff, as well as advanced technology. 1077thebronc.com, proudly nominated for a National Association of Broadcasters 2019, 2021, 22, and 23 Marconi Award for Best College Radio Station, as well as the winner of the 2023 IBS College Media Award for universities under 10,000 students. We are broadcasting from the Bronx All Digital Studios on the campus of Ryder University. Welcome to Health 411. I am your host, Professor Jonathan Karp. This Health 411 program is presented by Capital Health. In Health 411, we discuss a variety of issues affecting health and wellness, public health, healthcare policy, and the science of health and healthcare. Our goal is to expand your knowledge and your perspective. Today, Dan Geller, our student producer, and I are going to have a conversation with Heather Kern-Zatini. Heather is the annual and legacy giving manager at Capital Health Medical Center. Welcome, Heather, to the Health 411 program. Thank you so much for having me. Um, let us begin, and I'm going to ask you a little bit about your background. How does one become an annual and legacy giving manager at a medical center? Well, that's interesting. So my background is a lot of things. Um, I did not just come into this position. I have done so many different things in my background. Um, but annual and legacy giving manager is a fundraising position in for the for lack of a better word. Um, I feel like I've always done fundraising in some sort of way. Um, I am a Rider alum. Um, when I was at Rider, I actually was part of a lot of little organizations there and um, as well as externally from Rider, but um, I was part of Alpha Z Delta, and we have to do fundraising in our sororities. Okay, so, so what was your major? So what was your major here at Ryder? Well, it started as accounting. Okay. Um, however, junior year, I switched that to business administration. So I graduated with a business, um, a bachelor's in business arts, um, and it's a, I, it's taken me into different worlds. So one of the things I would honestly say to any student out there is. You know, always look at your career in a sense that, um, or I should say your your degree in a sense of something that can take you if it's not so specific. So accounting for me was so specific. That's why I just decided at a certain time it wasn't something that I wanted to do. So I went into something that was more generic that I could take that into many different worlds. Um, so I worked in Philly. I've worked in New York. I've worked for nonprofits, for profit, for political people. I, I worked a, a portion of my, um, my, my career has been in politics. So um, I have that in my background. I started my own business. I did um, everything in my own business that you would have to do for a business. And that's from the bookkeeping to the advertising marketing, then to run organizations for people. So um, when I came to Capital Health, I actually was a contract on my, um, in my, in my business. My business was called Legwork Incorporated. Um, so I was actually a contract in here and it just so happened that there was, a, someone retired from the office and a position came open and I applied and, and that's why I'm here. And I absolutely love it because any mission to fundraising is really what drives me personally. 
and the mission of Capital Health, as you know, with Health 411, it's we're just saving people. We're helping people. Um, sometimes it's unfortunate there's some negative pieces that do come into health because people don't always survive. But um, for the most part, it's just an amazing mission to have. So fundraising for this hospital is very easy for me. I have no problems going out and telling people how great this hospital is and why they should give to us. But again, well, it's not that easy. Well, I, I, I've <laughs> got to ask the question. So when I meet people like you, I have to, if, like if I met you socially, I would ask you the same question. Is that we're, we're, we're all sort of in the world, we know how expensive healthcare is and we know that the money is involved with that. You're nodding and, and they can't see that on the radio. Oh. Like why does a hospital need to raise money? Why do they want like people to donate money well, in addition to those things? And I'm sure you get that kind of question all the time. But no, we do for, for all the time. Like, honestly, that's what's why going it's on a great here? question because we do. It's it's you know, and with insurance premiums and people paying their bills when they see the bill, they're like, oh, "Wow, um, it is incredible." However, a lot of that goes to patient billing. That does go to. I'm sorry, I'm saying that wrong. It does go to you know operating for the most part. However, there are so many things in this hospital that are not part of operating. Um, that why we fundraise. So the expansion of the hospital itself. So this hospital, um, the Hopewell location, which is where I sit, but we also have our regional medical center, which is our trauma center in Trenton. Um, there was another hospital at one point and in, in, it was Mercer Medical Center, which is now Capital Health at Hopewell. Um, there was a capital campaign to raise money so that we could build the hospital in this area or whatever area they were thinking of, but in, it just so happened in Hopewell. Um, so they that would be something that they would have to go out and raise you know, funds through either state government, through, you know, bonds that are out there and then we all know how that can be in loans so it's not to say that they didn't do any of that but when you add a piece of a foundation in um, which we were in another capital campaign to raise money for our cancer center and for what we call the fund for medical excellence which is basically a fund that helps a lot of parts of the hospital but there is equipment in this hospital that you know over two million dollars for one piece of equipment so when you think of it in the light of how much money everybody pays on their on their bills, um, when you look at it from the standpoint from where we are, we are raising money for those things that, you know, would A, we wouldn't be able to have that piece of equipment or B, it's going to take a lot longer to get. Okay. Or if we were to expand our cancer center, for example, that's one of the things that our capital campaign does right now is we're really trying to um expand the cancer center when i say that that doesn't mean that we're trying to build more of our hospital but we are trying to get those equipment that are state-of-the-art uh, you always hear people talking about how they go to sloan Kettering, and they go to places they can get everything here the same amount of, of um, attention to them the doctors that we have are second to none so when you look at it that way we do help in that operating cost so um, and your, then we also have, you know, other little funds that are out there that never actually will be part of your operating fund. And I can go into that. But yeah, I do want to hear about that. But we'll, let's get there. I want to keep it general. So all of us have walked around hospitals and we've seen plaques on the walls to see pictures of people. Are, th are those your, let's you call them clients or the people you work <laughs> with? Are they, right, are they, are they people? Are they, are they foundations, corporations? Um, yes. rich old All people, like, how do you find the people you want to talk to? So it's, it's just by, honestly, it's 
for lack of a better word, you, you're just hunting and pecking with looking for the people that say it online. You know, if you're on Facebook and you hear somebody say they were so happy with um, the hospital, then and if it's something that's generic, I can reach out. Um, we don't have any access to any patient accounts or anything like that. So we can't see, oh, what did they have done and, and go and ask them, were you happy there? We are not, a, that is not anything that we can do. So it really does take us going out to find those grateful patients. That's what we call them, grateful patients, because they're happy with us. Um, we do get letters to our CEO or sometimes to doctors in the hospital, and they will send them to us because then that's a, they have actually put their name on something and we are allowed to see a letter that comes into the hospital. Um, so they are things that we will use um, to, to try to reach out to somebody. But again, it's not like we're given an address, a phone number. We now have to research a little bit, um, but that's in the fundraising world. That's what we do. Research is our back and bone. Um, but it, it, those plaques, I'm, I'm laughing that, you know, you actually knew what that meant. <laughs> those, those naming rights, um, as, as Ryder has, <laughs> as I've seen. Um, and it's amazing what, what people, when they do give back to the institutions that they're happy at, at their hap where they're happy, a lot of times they can actually also designate how they want, just as in Ryder, I've seen a couple of the buildings are named after some people. Um, that was that donor saying, I would like this building, you know, if I'm going to give this amount of money, I would like to have my name on that building. Um, they can designate where they want it to go. So that's the other piece of our world. We could get somebody that gives us a significant gift, but they might restrict that. And that could be restricted to our NICU center, to the cancer center, to dialysis, to cardiology. It really depends on the donor. And we have to make sure that we steward and cultivate that in, in the best way that we know how. And I want to I learn more about this um, for, in, uh, for our listeners and people who might be interested in either giving or having a career path yeah. like yours. Um, but we'll, we have to take a break for some underwriting announcements here on Health 411. Um, and we'll be right back. You are listening to 107.7 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. There's no appointment needed for this doctor's visit. Now back to the all new Health 411, underwritten by Capital Health, Minds Advancing Medicine. 107.7 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com recording Health 411 from the Digital Bronx Studios. Welcome back. We are continuing our conversation with Heather Karens Latini, who is the annual and legacy giving manager at Capital Health Medical Center. In the last segment, Heather was sort of giving us an overview of what an annual and legacy giving manager does and how they sort of are looking for sort of a hospital philanthropy. Um, and it made me think of the question, you mentioned the, the same thing some of the giving officers here at Ryder, they talk about like, like substantial kinds of gifts. Now does somebody have to have like a million dollars to talk to you or can, 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 do you work with you know, small, like the, the average Joe, the average person here locally? Like who, you know, who's your target audience? Thank you. That's a great question. Is my target audience is anybody that's happy and would like to give a dollar. <laughs> if they would like to give one, two dollars, I'm happy. And that's we look at it in that way is, you know, just because some people can have the ability to give a substantial gift, which is usually a five to six figure gift. Um, that doesn't mean everybody I'm in that boat. I don't have the ability to give a five, six figure. However, 
I do have the ability to give out of and and as an employee, I can do it very easily through my payroll, um, which actually is a little scary. I'll be honest with you because you just don't see it in your check. So when you get the check and you're like, oh, it's this, you're it, it just automatically comes out. So because I'm I'm also of the the um, of the way I live my life is I walk the walk. So I, I actually give to the campaign as well, because how do I, how can I ask someone for money and I don't give my own self? So I've always lived like that. If I'm going to ever ask for something, I've always um, put my money where my mouth is, if, for lack of a better word. One, one, um, one of the is, things that they, the, the, the gift officers here at Ryder keep track of is, you know, pr proportion of the faculty you give, proportion of the people who work here give. Do you keep similar statistics on um, staff, physicians, nurses, all that kind of stuff at Capital Health? I mean, yes, that's yeah. we don't yeah. keep it so that we're like, oh, you know, Heather only gave two dollars and she should <laughs> well, not, give yeah, not the number, but it's the it's, it's a proportion. And, <laughs> but and we do. And, yes, we do solicit every single person in the hospital. Um, yes. We have targets, as I'm sure anybody in any world that mm -hmm. I work in, you target, you know, uh, segue out of every single time of the year because there are certain times of the years that, you, uh, sorry, certain time of the year, you don't want to ask for money because, I mean, there's never a good time to ask for money sometimes in our world. However, we have to do that. But, you know, around, you know, we know in December that's like a good time to ask people November, December, because everybody's trying <laughs> to give like for the again. end of the year. So, right. again, it's a little strategy, but it is we do solicit. We do not segregate at all. Every single person is solicited. And the way we say it is any amount of, of money will go. And again, we also say any amount that comes in. And it can be designated to wherever you want to give. Mm -hmm. Now, there is a substantial amount of people in this building that don't give to the campaign or they might give to some of the smaller funds that we have um, because there's a, through our office, we steward probably over 80 funds of the hospital. So that could mean and what I mean by that is sometimes we get a restricted fund that it can only go to oncology. So when that happens, we steward that fund. We make sure that when someone's asking for money from oncology, they actually work for oncology and they act that that money is actually going towards something for oncology. So you can't be you couldn't be buying something that is really for mother and babies out of the NICU fund because that's a designated fund. Um, but that's where we go out and say if, you know, five dollars can can do a lot for some of these funds. I mean, if there's for example, we just had someone come to us and I'm bringing up the NICU because there are for babies that are born, as we all know, it's the neonatal intensive care unit. When they're born under a certain weight, you cannot take them home in a standard um, car seat. They need a special seat when they're under a certain weight. And if they don't have that seat, you can't take that baby home because we can't legally let that baby go into a car thinking that something would happen. So they actually came and purchased one of these um, car seats. It's, it has a name and I apologize, but um, through their fund, because that actually is something that would never be funded through the operating budget, because that's just not something an operating budget would fund. But that's what these funds are for, so that they can buy that department something that they need, but will never be funded through an operation. So. Got That's it. where we would, I'll take anything. If you want to give me a quarter, I always say, I'll take it because <laughs> okay. we'll put it to good use. I promise you that. Is the money that, that the hospital raises through its philanthropy arm uh, have the same tax advantages as 
like a, 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 a um, I forgot what it's called, but are they not, do they have like, what are they, a 503B designation? Five, that's, I was yeah. just going to say yeah, so that we're a 501C3. That's it. That's what I'm looking for. Do they have yeah, that? Five, can, can people get some? 501C3. So there's a lot of different aspects of yeah. that nonprofit world. Mm -hmm. um, and we, the foundation is a 501C3. And that means that there's a portion of what we, um, what you give can be written off. And when we do give, we're, we're very big on um, sending thank you letters out because that's when someone gives anything, you have to thank them. And I mean, that's a huge piece of me in general. But when we send that letter, we actually put in there what your portion of whatever you gave can be written off. So that's the beauty of nonprofits, um, why you will see foundations in a lot of healthcare systems in um, education world in my previous life, I dealt with a lot of education foundations. Um, it's just the beauty of a foundation, but it, you know, it takes paperwork to get a 501c3. You just can't write into the state and say, I want to be a nonprofit today. Um, but there are different um, levels to that. So the hospital is a 501c6, um, the hospital system itself. But we as a foundation are the 501c3. And that's that's where it's the not-for-profit and where you would write off some of the the um, the the income that comes in. Yes. I'm sorry, so you would write off from your donation. My apologies. Okay. So, talking too much. So no, 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 no. You're not, not on a radio. Not talking too much at all. You're perfect because you're you're explaining to people who are sort of listening, and you sort of separated the hospital from the foundation. A lot Correct. of people don't understand like what that means. Can you explain yeah. what that would be? It's, I'm laughing because there's like courses on this that people just don't even understand, but it's so really the hospital is a not-for-profit. So it means that there, you know, you won't have those CEOs making the billions and billions of dollars because there has to be a certain, you know, for you to have a 501c6 status, there's got to be a certain standard. The 501c3 is basically a nonprofit status. They're both nonprofit, but one is a not-for-profit and one is a nonprofit. So we can raise money and give that out. Whereas the hospital doesn't, you you don't raise money through the hospital and give it out. Really, we're taking it in from patients, unfortunately. But it, you know, I mean, well, fortunately and unfortunately for some people. But um, but that's the difference. Is the C6 does not allow you to raise money. Um, and write it off, I should say. So um, that's where we come in. And that's why vendors and, and individuals and um, doctors, nurses, you can write this just like you would, you know, if you're sending to the March of Dimes to the American Cancer Society, any of those, you, you, when you're writing something to them, you're writing a portion of them off. They are 501c3s. And that's, um, that's, now, the, that's the foundation kind of work. Yes, now, if, so, if somebody's interested in donating, donating money, do they have to know all this sort of stuff? Or is that the kind of stuff no. that your job to talk them through it? And Not at know, all. Okay. I mean, if I, if I were someone asking, if I were to put my money somewhere, I always do my research. So I always research, like, do they have these statuses? And of course, when I, you know, I just mentioned a couple national organizations you know, they're bigger, they do have them, but there's so many small organizations that you could just look it right up online. Um, um, they have, I mean, the State Library in Trenton has the 990s for all of the 990s or something that everybody, anyone that's a nonprofit has to file in the IRS. So if you ever hear someone talking about a 990, that's what that means. And you, that's actually an open record. 
And that is why nonprofits are so amazing to me because really they're supposed to be open books. Um, you're, you are a nonprofit, you are taking money in and giving it out. So it should be that anybody should be able to look at what did you do? What did you give out? How much did you take in? And that's why they're so important for the local part, because there's so many locals that you never know if did they actually get the status or are they just saying it? So they're the reason that's that's the reason cool. I would do my research. Cool. So, Heather, you're giving me a, a lot of things are happening in my head, and I'm going to continue asking you questions about what you do and things like that. But we need to take some uh, a break for some underwriting announcements here on Health 411. We'll be right back. You are listening to 107.7 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. There's no appointment needed for this doctor's visit. Now back to the all-new Health 411, underwritten by Capital Health, Minds Advancing Medicine. 107.7 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. We are recording Health 411 from the Digital Bronx Studios. We're continuing our conversation with Heather Kern-Satini, the annual and legacy gift manager at Capital Health Medical Center. Um, we were hearing about non not for-profit and non-profit status, how that relates to the U.S. tax code um, for the kinds of the things that she does at the foundation at Capital Health. Um, and I, I, it, ma it made me think, and uh, so I'm going to assume that you are local because you're a, a rider grad and you stayed sort of stayed local around here. Um, what did you know about the fundraising efforts at Capital Health before they contracted with you and you got involved with it? Like, like, and how does, did that sort of inform how you approach your job now? So I, I've always known, uh, I've lived in this area my whole life. So I grew up in Trenton um, and moved to Ewing when I was about 16, 17. Um, so I am a homebody. I went to school right around the corner from where I live and I loved it. I loved it. I actually lived on campus. Um, and as I mentioned, I was in a sorority and we had to do fundraising. So it's always been in my background. But I've always known Capital Health as, of course, when I was little, it wasn't called Capital Health. But, you know, now through the system, it's it, that's what we call it. But it's always been something that I knew was an amazing institution. Not only do they help people, of course, but the amount of how do I put this in, in words, but the tax and the taxes that this organization pay back to the communities that they're in and the amount of community work that they do is extraordinary so that was one of the pieces that i knew and then of course when i was asked to come in and be a contract in the office it, it intrigued me because it was you know work and you know anybody that's in uh, their own business anytime you want work and then i got um, a contract in 2020 and then we all know what happened in 2020. COVID took over um, and it actually helped our office internally for people to understand who we are because we used to be called the development office. Um, and in my world in fundraising, I know a lot of times offices like this are called development, but we would get a lot of questions of asking, where is the hospital going? Thinking developing the hospital. Um, and then right now we we're back to foundation office. I always knew that this was something that I wanted to do because again, going back to my first thing is the mission behind what they are. And I never ever get into a job where the mission is not something that's near and dear to my heart because I won't do the job a hundred percent. I will just, you know, I just know my personality. So when this opportunity came up for a full-time position, when my contract was done, 
I jumped on the chance because um, I, I mean, you've met a couple people that I work with. Kate is one, um, our PR and marketing director, who's amazing. My boss, who is the executive director, um, is it's just not only is the mission amazing, but the people I work with, um, there's just so many aspects of this job that I love. But the fundraising really is something that has always been in my heart because I know what it does for the hospital. And it's funny because we go back to the first thing that you mentioned was, you know, hospitals take a lot of money in from patients. Why do they need a foundation? And it's truly because it can't pay for everything that a hospital would need to do. Um, and I feel good that everything that I'm doing for the job is helping maybe just to get a piece of equipment for the cancer center that will send us into a status where people will come and understand that they can get state-of-the-art care here instead of going out three hours away from us, which when you're going through treatment and things like that, you don't want to be driving that long. But again, I understand why people decide to do other things. It's just this is, to me, where why I do what I do, because I want to get this hospital to be where anybody's going to turn and say, oh, where should I go for that care? Oh, Capital Health. Oh, of mm -hmm. course you got to go to Capital Health. That is the reason behind of why I do it. And I and I believe it. But, you know, to get people out there to under to I mean, again, I, I, I'm saying this, but I don't want I don't want sick people. Of course, I would never wish that on anyone. I don't want anyone to be sick. But if you are, this is the place where you should come. And what we do internally absolutely helps the rest of the organization. So my question is, is that you mentioned that people can allocate where their money goes, what department it goes to. However, I assume that you sometimes just get money and they don't really say where they want to go with it. Is there sort Correct. of a sort of a hierarchy of where the money goes first? Maybe it goes to the cancer center first and then maybe it goes to actually expanding the building and then maybe the paramedics. Like, how, how does that work? Great question. Um, we call that an unrestricted um, donation, which we absolutely love. Anybody in any foundation or any nonprofit would love an unrestricted um, donation. And what that means is basically we put that into a fund. Again, it always goes into a fund that is going to be given into the hospital. So it's never like, oh, unrestricted. We're going to use that for paper. We're going to use that for, for you know, getting whatever and paper clips. I couldn't think of the word. I'm looking at so many things at my desk. But um, what we do when we do get that is we actually one of the pieces that I should back up, one of the pieces that my boss does is every year we'll go sit with the CEO, the chairman, and our C-level um, senior leaders, our COO, our planning director, you know, things of that nature. She'll sit with um, our PR and marketing to go over what is it that the hospital is in need of. So, of course, we have all the, the equipment that you would need, but do we need um, more pieces of equipment um, in a certain division or a certain, I should say, a certain unit? Um, and if that, and then we get what the hospital needs for that year, and then we will direct some of those unrestricted funds to those divisions. There is also sometimes we just got a phone call um, from a doctor that would like to purchase a medical equipment um, and he wanted to get reimbursed. We can't do that. However, what we can do is walk him through it and then say, if there's something outside of what you can purchase in your operating budget, let us know. 
maybe we can help um, fund some of that. So there was another, for example, there was a community baby shower that was the first one that happened back in April. It was so successful um, and it was amazing. It was for um, um, mothers in Trenton that are underserved and you know probably weren't gonna have a baby shower for themselves. Well, the they came to the foundation because they had everything else, but they needed funds for food. So we will tap into that unrestricted fund sometimes. If we don't have another fund that's directed to like, you know, doing something like that, like just paying for food for like some division, if we don't have that in the fund, then we will go to an unrestricted fund to say, okay, here's a thousand dollars to pay for the food because we know how important that is to the community. So sometimes it's not just our funds are going towards, um, you know, an equipment, but it's going because we are a community-minded hospital. That's something that we're, and especially for the city of Trenton. Um, so great question because that's something, and if anybody is out there that'd like to give yes. us any funds, we'd love unrestricted funds, but we would love funds as well. So how um, would a, that is a very important piece. How would a community organization find you to say, I, you know, maybe the Capital Health Foundation would, you know, underwrite us for something they want to do. How would they, you know, make contact? They definitely find us, I can tell you that. We <laughs> get calls a lot. <laughs> but um, so our office, so our office works in tandem a lot with Kate's office, our PR and marketing director, Kate Steer. Um, for example, if it's anything of a sponsorship level, that gets directed completely to our PR and marketing anything where it's fundraising for someone in the hospital or somebody, you know, some division, some unit, that is our, our office. So we've had many people that actually call us. A lot of times they go online to see what we have, you know, do we do this? Do we not? And then they call us, which is what we have been trying to get to people out in the community is let us help you, let us partner. So we had, for example, a year ago, we had a sorority um, but a sorority incorporated, meaning this is not just like a sorority in college. These are like um, a sorority that extends out to the community. Um, they wanted to do a, for lack of a better word, a backpack drive. Well, we ended up putting them in touch with the Trenton Neighborhood Initiative, which is a big piece of us. Um, we have, um, our CEO has vowed $10 million to the Trenton Neighborhood Initiative, the T which we call TNI. FYI, there's a lot of acronyms in, in healthcare. <laughs> so, but the TNI is something that we put this sorority incorporated into, we, we connected them together. Um, and now outside of us, they run a um, backpack drive. They still call it that um, for the city of Trenton for different schools in Trenton. I don't know which ones they identified in August, but they had this drive and we were the one that put that together, which I'm very proud about because that's what we, are here to do. We're not just here to 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 say hi, give us money. We're just also here to um, to help the community to raise other funds outside of that. Very cool. Um, so uh, so Heather, we we're hitting up against another uh, under underwriting break that we have to take here on Health Four One One. We'll be right back and continue our conversation. You're listening to one hundred seven point seven The Bronx and one hundred seven seven thebronxcom There's no appointment needed for this doctor's visit. Now back to the all new Health Four One One, underwritten by Capital Health Minds Advancing Medicine. One hundred 
107.7 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. We're recording Health 411. Uh, welcome back. I'm Professor Jonathan Carp, and I'm here with Dan Geller, our student producer. And we're continuing our conversation with Heather Kiernatini, the annual and legacy giving manager, which is the old development office, we learned, at Capital Health Medical Center. Um, at the end of the last segment, uh, Heather was telling us about some of the things that particularly uh, uh, I think are cool. And I was joking in the break that uh, it's great that you can buy new machines that go ping, but the, the the efforts of the of Capital Health and the Capital Health Foundation to do things in the community that are going to help like the average people in our areas. I am impressed by that. And so, and you say they find you, Heather, but how, if, if there's an organization or a group, how do they find you? How do they want to make contact with the Capital Health Foundation? Well, thank you so much for that. Um, basically, it, it's as easy as going to our website, which is capitalhealth.org, um, all one word, as we all know. Um, and to find the foundation on there, you would just go to the link that says giving. Um, but of course, that's our system um, website and everything and anything is under there. But that's the the, the best way to find us. Um, and when you're on our piece of the website, which is the foundation office, there are many different ways to give. There's um, different programs we do. You can see everything on there. It's um, we, We're still in the process of revamping it, but again, it's a good solid information on there. Um, we do have some things that are coming up. So this Saturday we have Hope is in the Bag. Um, that's our October promotional um, program, I should say, but it's for the Breast Cancer Resource Center. That is at Pennington Quality Market. Um, that's just a day of giving. Um, people come out and we have giveaways. We have doctors out. So if you have any questions, we have what's called Ask the Doctors. Um, and proceeds, 5% of the daily sales at Pennington Quality Market will be donated back to the Breast Cancer Resource Center. Um, and then we do have our chairman's reception that is coming up in November that you can find online, again, capitalhealth.org. Um, that is a, a huge fundraiser for our office, um, and it's extremely fun. It's a really nice night. Um, just basically a lot of colleagues that get together, but we do have a lot of vendors. We have uh, people that just go online and purchase a ticket. It's, it's actually something that, um, one of the events that is always, you know, all encompassing because when we do have our golf outings, sometimes, you know, it's a lot of men, no offense to you guys, but <laughs> so I love when we have things that incorporate, you know, a lot of, um, of, of, of everybody. So um, there are the couple things that I enjoy, but when it comes back to community, if I can also mention that um, we did talk about this the last segment that, you know, we, we in the foundation do help um, fund some things, but we also have what's called our Capital Women in Philanthropy program. And that is, in a nutshell, basically, it's a program that's run by donating money to the to the or to the fund, and then those funds, 100% of those funds, are given out to grants within the system, and the grants come in from everybody within the system itself. Like it's not somebody from the outside that can write a grant, but somebody in the in, everybody on the inside. One of the grants, for example, is called Educate and Empower, and it's with our um, with the Trenton Fire District we sent with the donations that we, with the grant that we were able to provide, we gave them $20,000. We were able to put, I think it was eight to 10 um, students through the program 
and they come out of it with being a fire, you know, they can now take the test and be a firefighter um, or an EMS um, of that nature. So we, those are the things that are really cool because that, that actually affected people that were students that are now hopefully, you know, for EMS, we're not, we don't have a fire department here, but, you know, for EMS and EMTs, like we hope that they stay with capital health. They don't have to, but we hope they do. Um, but that was, you know, they got all the training and this was something that was from a grant and the grant was basically just donated funds to the capital women of philanthropy. So again, that would have been, we wouldn't have been able to ever do that without this fund or the, you know, the program itself. Um, we also have, um, healing arts program within the hospital and the healing arts is another near and dear piece. That's I, I'm the liaison to that, to that division, to that, sorry, to that committee, um, and that is not just, you know, you hear healing arts. Um, it's, it's not just the, um, you know, the, the harps walking around. We have um, people like right now I'm working with um, the Stretto Chamber Orchestra, the Stretto Youth Chamber Orchestra to come into the um, hospital during not just holidays too, not just singing holiday music around that time. We're set, we're scheduling things for them to come through the year. Um, we also put them in touch with another organization called Artworks in Trenton. And I'm very proud of that because I put them together because it's something that, you know, again, they're going to work together because, you know, we might hear of some of these organizations that they might not hear of. Um, there's no money exchange on that end. So it really didn't have anything to do with, you know, me fundraising, but it really has a lot to do with the community. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to connect people. We're not just here to give me your money and, and we're going to take it and do what we can because that's just the, the worst thing you ever want to do in fundraising. Um, we're supposed to be a community partner. We're supposed to do these things. And that is a very, that, again, another reason why I will, if I, if they have me, I will stay here because um, I, I'm a huge community and I'm, I'm not saying this right, but I'm a huge proponent of being within the community. And that, and you can't that, yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you have to you have to do yes, things in the community. Absolutely, you're, and your enthusiasm comes through. And uh, um, and you mentioned, and I, 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 and I'm sure you get questions like this. And somebody in the community might have a very good idea for something they want to do um, that might fit under the umbrella that the foundation could get involved with. But you mentioned the word grants and the the word writing a grant, and that causes a lot of stress and pause mm-hmm. and. Um, it's sometimes worse than when a professor asks somebody, you know, you need to write a paper. Um, and it just makes people anxious and stuff like that. Now, and I'm sure you've had people talk about it and you don't want that to be a barrier for, no, for your engagement. So how do you talk to people who are like, oh my God, they're going to ask me to write a grant. So I'm just not going to do it. Now, great question, because that's something that we really try hard to, to overcome because that is. I've, I'm the same way. I mean, I run them and I was always like, oh, I can't. to write a grant. Our grants are, are, for lack of a better word, we ask them to stay to two pages. We give them four bullet points of guidelines and we just tell them to stick in that in that realm so that it's extremely easy for them to put something in. We know that the people that are putting these grants in are part of our system. So we know they're doing something very important every day. So to take them away from, let's say it's they're a unit secretary or they're a nurse manager in the ER, for them to write a grant, it has to be simple. You know, I 
forgive me when I say this, but I, I use the word stupid simple. And what I mean by that is just, it's gotta be something that's here. It's number one, just give us so, this answer. Heather, number two, give us this answer. You, you, I, I'm going to give you something I used to say before I went to grad school, I was a lab tech and I worked with MDs and PhDs. And I used to say the stuff I was writing, I had to make it MD and PhD proof. You know, I had to make it so simple. I'm going to use that. I'm yeah, that, that. Permission, you have to make it so simple that these people with the fancy letters after their names can't screw it up. Correct. Correct. So thank you for saying that. But yeah. that's exactly the way I look at it is, you know, how do we make this so simple that all they have to do now, again, they do have to put in some of the verbiage, of yes, course. Yes. We send this now to, you know, it's not me and my boss that look through these grants and approve and deny. There's a whole membership that reviews yeah. and gives their opinion. So they have to be able to, someone has to be able to read it and understand. And, and, and people the writing the grants it, need to understand that's what it's for. So you can distribute correct. it to lots of people and they can evaluate it. It's not to pick you apart for doing correct. it. Correct. Yeah. And, and one of the biggest pieces, what I do is, I don't know what someone did before me, but what I do is I read the grants. Of course, we all had to do that, but I read them and I anticipate questions that the membership is going to ask. And I go back to that person and say, can you just clarify a couple things? Because once it comes in front of membership, there's no, I can't go back to that person and ask these questions. So I really try to make it very personable. And I try to take a lot of that legwork off of them and for me to do it so that it doesn't, it's not a lot. And I will say we've been pretty successful on that end. Um, of course, anything can get better as I, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of everything can always be better and improved. Um, we just have to, you know, be able to take constructive criticism, which I'm a huge proponent of as well. I, I don't like when someone comes at me and tells me I did something wrong without giving me that constructive criticism. I'm, I'm totally the person that says all the time we can always be better at our in our personal life, in our work life, as a mom, as a dad, as anything. But if we don't know, how do we improve? That's so a very positive. Me, that's, a, that's, that's a very positive outlook. I appreciate that, um, Heather. Unfortunately, <laughs> we, we're running out of time here on Health Four One One. I want to thank you for participating in this conversation. You've been a great guest. Um, this is one hundred seven point seven The Bronx and one hundred seven seven thebronxcom We're recording live from the Digital Bronx Studios. Thank you for listening to Health Four One One. This program is part of Capital Health and Ryder University's efforts to bring people together to address all issues associated with health and healthcare. I want to thank Heather Kearns Latini, who is the annual and legacy giving manager at Capital Health. We hope today's conversation has helped inform you about Capital Health, the Capital Health Foundation and fundraising and hospital philanthropy. If you have questions and or comments about this program or want to make suggestions for future broadcasts, please email us at health411 at rider.edu. Remember, you have a doctor's appointment scheduled for every Sunday at 10 a.m. Don't miss the all-new Health 411 with Dr. Jonathan Karp and our expert medical guest from Capital Health. You can listen to Health 411 anytime on demand. Go to 1077thebronc.com slash health411 to listen to past episodes or tune in every Thursday at 9 a.m. to hear the weekend rewind edition of Health 411. Health 411 on 1077thebronc is underwritten by Capital Health, Minds Advancing Medicine. Capital Health is the region's leader in providing progressive quality patient care with exceptional physicians, nurses, and staff, as well as advanced technology.